You're listening to Welcome to Eloma, a podcast for highly ambitious dreamers who get shit done. I'm your host, Kylie Peters. This is a space where we talk about scaling your product-based business. So I personally don't have much experience with building a product-based business as I tend to play more in the service-based space mostly because products really scare me. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> you're being afraid of what you don't know. I tend to, to play in the service-based space. But I do have lots of questions about building a product-based company and specifically how to scale a product-based company, especially one that is so specifically handmade. So today's guest, Lily Stamps, that's who we're diving into today's conversation with. Lilise and I are in a local mastermind group together. And as her products seem to sell out within minutes, it seems, I figured who better to talk to about scaling business of sold out products than this lady. So with that said, we're just going to jump right in. You may have seen her featured in Vogue, The New York Times, Dwell, or The Tonight Show with Trevor Noah. But Lilise Stamps, founder and CEO of Lally Lally Ceramics, is a proud Milwaukeean who has returned back to Milwaukee, bringing her small-scale handmade ceramic design and production studio with her. She is most well-known for her 100-day project, creating 100 mugs with 100 different handles in 100 days in the fall of 2019. Beyond stoneware mugs, Lilise also makes bowls, plates, and planters. We have Lilise here with us today talking about growing this beautiful business of hers. Welcome to Iloma, Lilise. Hi, Kylie. How are you? I'm doing well, lady. I'm so happy to have you. I'm so excited to be here and to talk about this topic. I have a lot of insights, but also a lot of learning to do. So this will be an interesting conversation. Well, isn't that always the best though? I mean, you know, we, we can do our best to do a little bit of research, but at the end of the day, I feel like it's a lot of hands-on experience and trials and tribulations, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Well, Lily's you have just skyrocketed over the last couple of years, gaining significant exposure, leading to, like I mentioned, sold out inventory, significant partnerships, and a booming social following. So what would you say have been some of the biggest driving factors to your success? I think the biggest driving factor is this a culmination of different things. But when I can really think back to is I pinpoint one particular time. Uh, which was back in 2020. I, I think that the 100 day project that I did that you mentioned earlier was really successful for me in a lot of ways, but it wasn't until months later that it really gained traction. Oh, and okay. yeah, I finished it in December of 2019. And I would say that the real pickup in attention happened in around May of 2020. So I would say about six months later. Interesting. Yeah. And to be honest, it's kind of a hard thing to talk about because the biggest thing that I can really pinpoint is that there was a, an event that happened, which we are all familiar with, which was the death of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And during that time, a lot of people were kind of becoming more aware of their lack of awareness, I suppose. Mm -hmm for black people and black businesses and just the, the black experience in America. And um, that's when I really noticed the biggest spike in, 
you know, attention for my work. So it's a little tricky to talk about because it feel it felt at that time very performative and it felt mm. that people were kind of sharing our work online just because they want to, you know, show their support. But as time went on, I kind of realized that more and more people were still, you know, jumping on the bandwagon and exploring Lolly Lolly and seeing us for our true talent. Yeah. And I say us because I have a team now and uh, it used to be just me during yeah. that time. <laughs> so I always pinpoint that as the biggest thing that I noticed, but I think that was just kind of a boost for me. I, I take that as a, a moment where I really had to recognize what was happening yeah. and just create my own opportunity out of it. Yes. Um, and I think with my background in graphic design, I was able to, you know, okay. At that time, I didn't have a business actually. I was still working full-time as a graphic designer and ceramics was more of my side hustle. So I had to take that moment and be like, okay, maybe this is the right time to actually make a business out of this thing that I'm so passionate about. So there are a lot of little factors that kind of built up to, I think, where I'm at now. Well, yeah, but also not to minimize the credit due to you. I mean, the work you do is beautiful. And I appreciate that you are able to tie together all of those pieces and kind of look at the big picture. But I mean, if you weren't doing great work, you know, it could have just been like one one time spike, right? Mm -hmm. Girl, you've taken off, right? And for good <laughs> reason, for good reason. So, you yeah. know, as you've continued, and I, I know in previous previous conversations, you've talked about your authenticity online and different things like that. Like, I mean, I appreciate you being humble right now, but if we throw humility out the window for just a second, like, what have you really, like, what have you done that's been so successful? I don't know. Sometimes I honestly, I think <laughs> other people have, I mean, this is a great example here. You're kind of telling me what you've seen me do that attracts your attention to the work. Yeah. And that's why to me, that authenticity is so important because I, I really care very little for what people think about me as a person, but what I put out into the world. I mean, there's a layer of, you know, people wanting to purchase your product, which is the hard part between business and creativity, being an artist, yeah. which is a whole nother realm we can talk about. <laughs> but um, I really do think that I, I really innovate and try new things. And, but I also like to have fun with different outfits and play around on the wheel. And I think that layer of taking risks is something that I've always been really good at and trying new things. And I think that people see that and really are attracted to that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, I think you could maybe even take that so far to say is like, you're kind of showing up in a lot of ways that other people wish they had the courage to show mm -hmm. up as. Sure. You know? So what I'm hearing you say is like taking risks and having fun doing mm -hmm. the work, right? Yeah. I, and I'm glad you said that because I think sometimes I have a hard time when people ask me the same question, how, you know, I was able to get to the point that I am at. And a lot of it is just a lot of hard work as well. Yeah. And having that motivation to continue. And for example, right now I'm going through a little bit of a lull where I'm not feeling incredibly inspired or excited about, you know, posting content on social, 
but I know it's temporary. So I'm just trying to do what I can now to push through it so that when I come out of this, you know, cocoon, I'm like excited again and just not letting myself get discouraged at times when it feels hard. Well, if it's all right with you, I'd love to ask about that. You know, like we've all gone, I think that's part of the journey of entrepreneurship, right? Is the highs, Mm -hmm. high highs and low lows, and then like the whole roller coaster in between. So, (laughs) I mean, thank you for sharing that you're in a lull right now. Like, how are you finding ways to inspire yourself or just be in this space, knowing what you want the future of the company to look like? I think that right now I'm just trying to like not put too much pressure on myself. The lull that I'm kind of experiencing right now is letting other people down, which is this really broad scope. That's a meaty topic, lady. <laughs> I know. That's meaty. And I'm, I know. It's tough because it is. there's so many different components. Sometimes I feel like I'm letting my customers down. Sometimes I feel like I'm letting my friends down because I can't be the best friend to them right now because I'm really focused on business mm-hmm. or my customers really want something from me and I can't deliver. My team members who work for me need equipment or something that I can't quite provide. So there's all these different things hitting me that typically without being a business owner before I owned a business, I could really you know, maintain. But now there's just so many different things that it feels insanely overwhelming. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. the way that I'm getting through it now is just, you know, taking it day by day. I used to be such a planner. I used to plan ahead a lot months in advance. I don't know how I ever (laughs) did that, (laughs) but now I'm in a stage where I'm just taking it day by day and creating little lists for myself that are manageable and, and I can actually maintain so that I feel fulfilled in some way. I appreciate that. Like focusing on the here and now, which is so difficult to be present so often, right? And mm-hmm. these tiny, like little approaches, like bite size. I love how you use the word fulfillment. I think that's really important. And I think we oftentimes, you know, when, especially when you talk to business owners, it's like, oh, you know, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm so busy. And it's like, do we want to be busy? <laughs> do I we know. want to be busy or do we want to be productive and feel this sense of fulfillment? And so I appreciate mm-hmm. that you touch on that. Like that, I think that's really important. Yeah, I'm still figuring it out. And I actually posted something on Instagram last week. It was just an appreciation post. I always try to appreciate everyone for their support and just their patience because I see the vision. I I see what's going to continue to come into fruition. Mm -hmm. And I had a realization in this post that I posted on Instagram that my business is a year and a half young. (laughs) It's so young. Yeah. And I think what happened for me is I, my success happened backwards. I got this flood of recognition and success and what a lot of other people consider success, which is working with large brands like West Elm and Madewell and the MoMA and getting all this press opportunities, getting TV moments. And I don't even consider myself to have a fully fledged working business. at this. So I think it's ironic that my journey has kind of worked the way that it has. So in this moment, it's more of, I'm kind of making sure I get back to basics and mm-hmm. do those things that are the foundation of a business so that as I continue to grow, there's no kind of backtracking. Yeah. I think that that's something that 
is important. And if I have to kind of be in this lull for a while and feel like I'm disappointing people, I know that it'll work in the end and that it'll it'll make up for the time spent right now that I'm focused on building the brand. Yeah. You know, people always talk about that, that you go through growth spurts and then you kind of level out. And I think that's important because if we just focus on rapid growth, at some point, the infrastructure will not sustain. And you talk about disappointing people. That's when like companies crash (laughs) and it's ugly. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, so, and I know that scaling is something that you want to do. I mean, obviously you have the demand. So what are you doing right now that, you know, during this lull time, if you will, what are you doing right now to kind of maybe reverse engineer is not the right word, but kind of set that foundation that will allow such a handmade product business to grow? Well, one thing I had to really come to terms with for myself is how involved in the day-to-day I want to be. What does my what do I see my role to truly be? Because like any other small business owner, I've had my hands and everything and I've had to wear different hats, which I love. You know, I love experimenting and trying different things, but eventually burnout exists and it has existed for me in different forms. So I'm definitely in a phase right now where that includes delegating more tasks to different people and building a strong team. And that's been really exciting. Um, So for the past year, we've, I mentioned that I had to really make the decision as a creative, as an artist, how involved I want to be in the day-to-day process. And I had to really evaluate what handmade means. I think that there's so much emphasis on that word. And I've had a mix-up of customers who they're like, I don't necessarily care that you make it. I just want a piece from Lolly Lolly. Whereas there's other people who are like, no, this is like unique. You you made it. I would pay for whatever for it. So I had to make my own decision. Okay. What matters to me? And what ended up mattering for me is looking at the company as a whole and using my time and other areas that make more sense. I get really bogged down every single day with how involved I am in the process of making where to the point where I think I disappoint my team because they need me to do something, but maybe there's three different fires that need to be put out. Not literal figurative fires. <laughs> That's an <laughs> that important connotation be- for like someone in your business. No literal fires. Everyone is physically okay. No literal fires, <laughs> but things just pop up. You know, our, our heater went out one day in the studio or you know, just so many different things. And that's where the disappointment for me comes in for my team or they won't outwardly say it, but you know, I just want to be there for them. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to be there for them in other ways? Maybe it means hiring people on the production team and I can focus on other things like marketing or content creation. So in, in terms of scaling up, particularly the decision to start slip casting was really important because it meant that we could produce more pieces in a shorter amount of time, but it meant that we could still be hands-on and really involved in the process and hire more people and still create a unique product that felt still handmade, but not, you know, thrown on the wheel. There's so many different ways to hand make something. So wait, 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 hold on. For those of us who don't know what slip casting is, can you yes. just educate the listeners? Yes. So 
right now at Lolly Lolly, we I hand throw everything on the wheel. And I'm sure you're familiar with the spinning wheel. And um, to give context, I can throw upwards toward 20 to 25 pieces in an hour if I'm very focused. In an hour? <laughs> in an hour. Crap, lady. But I preface if I'm focused and I have was, no I distractions. Was like, oh, she's going to say in a day. In an hour. Oh my gosh. <laughs> in an hour. But you have to think I get tired pretty quickly. Yeah. That means of you have to have enough product prepared for that. Um, it typically ends up being 10 pieces an hour. And I could probably throw four to five hours in a day, but it would again have to be really dedicated time yeah. with no distractions. And nowadays that's that's not really realistic. Yeah. So for scaling up, um, what we're doing is instead of using clay that is in solid form, we'll be using liquid clay called slip, hence slip casting. Oh, interesting. And yeah, so we've made plaster molds out of our designs and oh, we've worked okay. with our, yeah, we have a 3D printer that we work with who has worked with us to create mock-ups, essentially samples of our mugs. And it's a pretty long-winded process, but essentially you kind of make negatives of your pieces and create a few plaster molds of each mm -hmm. style that you can pour liquid clay in. You can make so many in an hour, so many in a day. And wow. that's something we're still trying to really figure out and calculate. Yeah. But it really just kind of eliminate the hassle. There's a lot of pain to your body when you, when you throw on I the wheel. I can only imagine. Yeah. It's pretty tough. And, you know, I'm a tough gal and I've made it work for the past year and a half and beyond because I kind of had to. Yeah. With all these projects that we had going on and I really just kind of had to make it work, but I've reached a point where I have put my foot down and I say no longer, we just yeah. need to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is you brought up a lot of great points there. So, you know, to handmade is important to a certain degree, but it's up for interpretation. And so what I'm hearing you say is, you know, as the owner of this business, you had to figure out how you defined that yourself and yes. and then start to put some more infrastructure and standardizations in place so it wasn't all reliant on you which i think is i think is what every owner struggles with is like how do i build the business so it's not reliant on me right mm -hmm. so that makes a lot of sense yeah. yeah and um i had to make decision early on i mentioned that if i really want to actually grow this mm -hmm. and be true to myself. There's so many other things that I also want to do. You know, yeah. I, I want to introduce new products. I am sick of making mugs. Not <laughs> really. Of course, I love them, but I'd love to introduce dinnerware, like bowls and plates and well, planters, for example. As an artist, I'm sure there's lots of lots bubbling up within you, right? Oh my gosh. I am full of ideas. I have no no lack of ideas. And that's another great thing to have. Some people have that problem where they don't have ideas. What I actually do is just the time that I lack right now. Yeah. Um, I'd like to start a YouTube channel so I can educate people 
on slip casting, for example, or do more storytelling. I think storytelling yeah. is so important. And for I sure. always think that people know our story, but there's so many different opportunities to be more transparent and share the story. Yeah. Um, I could go on and on. I, I want to work with hotels. I think that, you know, going to a hotel, staying in a hotel is an extension of your, your home. You want to be cozy and mm. you think about a mug, for example, use that daily and it's a part of your routine and how fun would it be to partner with a hotel like the St. Kate that's local in Milwaukee. Yeah. And, oh, that would be very cool. Yeah. I mean, you think when you have coffee in your room, you have cups that aren't reusable and that could be a sustainability thing as well. Yeah. Uh, I want to be on Sesame street. I love kids. I love the idea That's of right. educating kids. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned that in the talk that I did recently. Hot plug for Sesame street. Reach out yeah, to anyone who got the connections. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love also, I have that. To say, I'm drinking from this mug. That's not mine, but it has a picture say. of my mug on it. And that's oh, what I think is funny. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. My friend gifted it to me. And I just wanted to say, because we're doing this on video that I drink out of my own mugs, but this one was a funny gag gift that my friend made for me. I was like, I can't get a mug. So I printed your mug on a mug. (laughs) There you go. Creative (laughs) resourcing. Yeah. Okay. So Lilise, so you've got all these ideas for diversified revenue streams, if we will, and Mm -hmm. also to scale the business. So I want to break it down into maybe a couple of different categories. So we talk about production, how do we scale the, we'll call it maybe central product being your mugs, right? Like your mugs that are selling out left and right. So how do we mm-hmm. scale that? Well, you found the the slip casting and are working through mass production from that standpoint, but still from a handmade initial creation, right? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. we're talking about product line extension. So with like mm-hmm. the dinnerware, et cetera. And then you're talking about also partnerships. And then you're talking about the YouTube channel and all these things. So, so talk to me a bit about how you, as we talk about scale, one, what does that mean to you? And mm-hmm. two, what's your vision for, you know, say five, 10 years from now and how you want to get there? No so pressure. To me, scale, no, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I have to think about this, but to me, scaling up means getting to a place I kind of mentioned earlier where. I can use my time in a different way and we can grow a team. Um, Also, it's like this trickle effect. Once you can grow a team, then you can start to introduce other product lines. Uh, Mm -hmm. Lighting is something, for example, I would like to introduce introduce a line of lighting as well. Lighting? Um, Lighting, yeah. Like lamps, like lights? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have questions about that. Light. Okay. All right. I have so many ideas. Yes, um, you do. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> and that means I can open a retail space locally so that people can actually come in and shop our product in person and, and interact with it in person before they purchase it. Um, and then that means that um, we can start to do more philanthropic work. I'm really passionate about working with people who are like myself, who might have been creatives and didn't know what direction they can go in. Could be a, a woman, a woman identifying person who, you know, may, might struggle in different fields, or a person of color who I'm black and I didn't know that I could own my own business. To be honest, you know, I didn't really see a lot of people like me who did. So it always felt like a realm I wouldn't touch. Yeah. Um, 
So to me, scaling up means, again, getting that foundation in place so that we can start to add on, like you said, different streams of revenue, but also different types of opportunities for ourselves, but for our community. And the second part of that question was... Your long-term um, plans. How do, yeah, how, where I see myself in five years. Well, I, in a personal level, I would like to have a family and I would like to purchase a house in the next three years. And to me, it feels really important to get my business to a place where, again, I don't have to be as on site and dependent on. Mm-hmm. Um, so on a personal level, like I would like to start a family and have kids. On a business level, I think the biggest goal for me is that retail space. Um, mm. It feels really hard because I have no idea how to enter that realm. It feels very different than e-commerce direct to consumer and wholesaling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that it would be such a great opportunity for the city of Milwaukee. I think that people would really travel here just for that. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, that that's like the thing that comes to mind. Yeah. It's like an attraction. The thing that comes up for me is like the Kohler spa, how everybody mm. like travels from all over and it's like this whole experience and mm-hmm. Given all of the traction that you have, I could totally see people being like, oh, the Lolly Lolly store is in Milwaukee. It's mm-hmm. like people come to Milwaukee for beer, cheese, Summerfest, and Lolly Lolly. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would be lying if I didn't say that I would love to get to a level where I am like a recognized household name. I think that putting the fame aside, I think about just how exciting it is for people to appreciate a product that is of quality and that they recognize enhances their space. I think that that's so fascinating. And something about me is I like to connect with people. I think it's such a powerful tool and skill set to be able to connect with people mm-hmm. and to have a product that I can use to connect with people. I have no words for it. I think it's so cool. That is a cool idea. I never thought about it like that, but I like that. Yeah. I mean, you think about so much connection happens over shared food or drink, et cetera. And to play a role in, in that, that is pretty special. That's very cool. I I do recognize that, you know, that 100 day project that I created is really unique. And I think that from what I've experienced so far, it's such a conversation starter and I'm also writing a book. I forgot to mention that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You're writing a book. What's the book about? So the book is essentially going to be an archive of that 100 day project. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's kind of hard to really share the project online. You know, there's, we have it on our website and we have it on Instagram, but kind of have to really scroll around. But I think a book will be a nice way to also share the experience and what it was like and, and just inspire other people who might feel creatively stuck or just stuck in general. So I brought that up in terms of connection. I think that a product as simple as something that I've made and, you know, a common household item and really reinventing it, really rethinking the way it functions is such a a great way, I think, to connect with people because it it creates a lot of conversations and it has, and it's been fun to see. Not all positive, but conversations. (laughs) No, I I love that. The rethinking. I think that's what we should all be challenging ourselves to do is 
rethink like how can we make this different or better, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So Lalise, you you talked about this a little bit as well in terms of what you want personally. And I, I believe that business owners need to be building their businesses to serve them because this is just way too hard to do, to have it not serve you, right? So yeah. knowing that you're in full control in this, you're looking to build this empire, you know, how is Lally Lally serving you? I think it's another thing that kind of comes in waves. I think that sometimes I have to ask myself, Am I happy with doing this? And it's more of a check-in. Like it's, it's a great question like, though. <laughs> yeah. Is it truly what I want to do? Because I joked that I was kind of like pushed into it. I was really happy with my full-time career as a graphic designer. And I could see the progress in that and the growth in that. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to leave that. But the reason I felt okay with leaving that career is because I could see myself doing that for myself and my own business. But beyond, you know, I mentioned all these opportunities earlier that it's just like, so such it's the beginning. And I think about the Trevor Noah project. I, I, I didn't even think about that. I, they reached out to our team and pitched this idea. And I was like, oh my God, duh. They drink mugs on like daily shows and night talk shows all the Unlike time. Unlike every TV a, show of all kinds. <laughs> yeah. So innovative, but in like the most simplistic way. Mm-hmm. Like how many times really do you creative. see them work with a... So in the name of like serving you, I think you brought up a really good point of um, it's easy for owners to sometimes lose themselves in their business and forget to ask that question of like, what do I really want? And sometimes to feel that they have to do this thing. But I think that's great to have those check-ins and to continue to ask yourself, especially as an artist and somebody who's multifaceted and has so many different interests. I think that's really important. Yeah. And I, those check-ins, I, I always come out really excited and happy because I am really thrilled with where I'm at. And despite, you know, the lulls that happen, I have, I can see where it's going. And I mentioned that I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never really imagined it, but now that I'm here, I just take it on full force and I feel so much more empowered than when I first started. And I think that's sometimes the motivation that keeps me going. And I, I just don't want to get stuck feeling stuck in one position. I, if I'm going to you know, run a business, I'd like to continue to evolve myself, but also the business so that I feel like I still fit in because <laughs> I know the brand's going to evolve. I know it's going to take on new forms. And I just want to make sure that I'm still a part of it in the most appropriate way that feels comfortable. Yeah. Well, I think that's a that's probably an ongoing conversation to be had, right? It's just to continue yeah. that alignment check-in and mm-hmm. and make sure that you're doing what's right for the brand, but making sure that the brand is also serving you as the owner, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, and so as we've talked about, you have so many different opportunities that have in some cases landed in your lap. And in many cases you have very intentionally created. So I want to just toss out a playful question here. As you maybe look back at say 10 year old Lilise, like if you were (laughs) talking to her right now, what would she say to you in terms of like where you are and what you built? So my dad has this thing that he tells me that I used to say when I was little yeah. He always brings it up. I don't know why, but <laughs> when he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, 
my answer was always just like, oh, I'll be fine. Don't worry. That's what I'll be. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That is the best answer I've ever heard. I'll be fine. What do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, I'll be fine. (laughs) That's amazing. I know. And thinking about 10 year old Elise, I think that I've probably made her proud. I feel a little emotional because I think that I've never really had these like huge, big dreams. They've always been really attainable and within arm's reach. And I think that what I've experienced so far has been so beyond my imagination, but I've also had that very, like that mindset of I'll be fine. Like I'm going to make it through this and there's going to be more things that come. I might lose some friendships along the way or, you know, have to fire people along the way or all these hard things that I think 10 year old Elise would be like, see, like you're fine. Like it's all gravy. It's all Gucci. (laughs) So she would, she would look at you and be like, I told you so. (laughs) Yeah. She'd be like, yeah, like this is what I knew. Like I knew this was going to happen, but you're doing it. You're, you're doing doing the thing. I think she would be proud of me. I think that I think most of my twenties, I spent a lot of time being confused and not really knowing what my path was, felt really jagged and uh, not traditional as some of my peers. A lot of my peers graduated on time and, but that never really got me down. I kind of just kept moving forward. Even if I worked at a juice shop or, you know, worked as an intern at express at their home office, I was still working hard and, and, being a sponge and taking in all these things. And I look at where I am now and I'm like, oh my gosh, like that was supposed to be my journey. I was supposed to, you know, do all these little odd jobs so that I can see how people manage people and learn from a small business versus a really huge conglomerate and be able to see all those things and take in what might work for me. And uh, yeah, I think 10 year old Elise would be proud of me for just kind of keep pushing forward without really knowing exactly where I would land. Yeah. I'm only in my early 30s. I'm in my early 30s. There's so much more to There's so explore. much more. There's so much yeah. more. But I think that that, again, you bring up a great point because, you know, we started this conversation talking about being in a lull. I think that that's very common and normal for a lot of entrepreneurs and owners, but the key is just forward momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and sometimes we don't know which direction we're going, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you just got to keep going, right? And and figure something out. So I think I think that you bring up a lot of really good points there. As we wrap things up here, Lilise, you've got big dreams, and I love that. So talk to me just a little bit about what is the impact that you want to make or the legacy you want to leave. Well, I feel like I've already started that. I I, I just always want to be remembered as a good human who put out good products and just really cared about just the people who are in my surroundings. Like I I really value the people who work for me. I really value my family and my friends. And I think that something that people tell me at least is that they just always remember my energy. Like it's ironic to me because I'm such an introvert. But when I do go out into public and I'm social, like I do get really energized by seeing people and having these small conversations. And I think I I don't even really quite know how big (laughs) 
I really want this to be, but I just want to be remembered as a good human. I think just caring and thoughtful, empathetic. I love that. That's such a grounded response. I love it. All right. My last question for you is what is your greatest insight or discovery about life and entrepreneurship? My biggest insight. Ooh, that's really tough. I'll answer it from my perspective of what I've been experiencing lately. Um, And I think my biggest insight is that no matter what you do, you have to do it with good intentions. You have to really put yourself out there and be like kind, no matter what the circumstances are. We, you know, sometimes deal with customers who, you know, didn't expect a longer delivery time and might be upset by that, or there's just confusion along the way. When I respond with kindness and just, you know, I'm transparent about the situation. I think that they are like, oh, okay, cool. I, I know now. And I think that I've experienced or have seen people, you know, almost react to different things in a way that you just have to have some self-awareness. I think you have to really like be able to recognize the situation for what it is and not take things personally. That's a whole, Yeah, I just mentioned a few things, but <laughs> um, on top of that, I think one of my biggest insights too is, you know, to have to be positive, even when things aren't always the best. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I say that because I've seen people sometimes put out this energy that feels really negative and hard. And I think it's good to, to honor those moments, but I think you just got to keep going that positivity and it's like Mm -hmm. that energy you put out into the world. Yeah. It's kind of like that boomerang effect, right? What you put Mm -hmm. out into the world comes back to you. So it's a balance, I think, between being super, super authentic, but also being in control of your mindset and how you show up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I love it. All right, Lilise, thank you so much for being a guest on Welcome to Eloma. Uh, For all of our listeners who may want to get in touch with you or, of course, buy one of your beautiful pieces of mastery, what's the best way for them to reach out or contact you? So email is always best. Um, Our email is hello at lollylollyceramics.com. I know it's long, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Instagram can be kind of hard sometimes, but if you want to check us out on Instagram, we're at lollylollyceramics. L-O-L-L-Y, L-O-L-L-Y. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, my dear. It's been a pleasure chatting. Thank and you, Kylie. thank you for being a guest. Thank you. To continue learning how to better build your business and make your vision a reality, subscribe to the Welcome to Eloma email list at welcometoeloma.com. 